0: cock and welcome to shift of one a podcast about speedy race cars i'm drew scanlon joining
1: me this week is one rob zachney how are you rob doing well really hoping that that intro is not like i hope i'm not like getting insight into how people from other countries feel when they hear your other intros where it's like well that's (laughs) not right yeah why did you just say that (laughs) mr Scanlon? that border is unoffensive
0: it kind, you know, I kind of did the, uh, the American equivalent. Uh, usually what I do is I go to like a, a language site and see like common phrases. Uh, but for this one, I went to bbcamerica.com and found an article that's entitled 10 American Slang Terms and Phrases That Confuse Brits. So I said one of them. Well, John Hancock was one of them? Jo- uh, well, John Hancock. Just okay. the phrase. John Han- Let me have your John Hancock. Uh, some other interesting ones on here. If you'd like to hear them. I would. Um, For the birds. Oh, I love that one. That one is in common usage around the house. A lot of these, like, I didn't realize were Americanisms, right? I know that they're idioms, but I don't know that they're specific to America. Uh, Put up your dukes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Buying the farm. Yep. Uh, Jonesing. Okay. For something. Uh, Shooting the breeze. Uh Monday morning quarterback,
1: yeah, I can see why that one doesn't travel yeah uh carpet bagger, yeah, not a lot of other places are gonna be super up on the reconstruction history
0: <laughs> uh taking a rain check okay and and pork specifically in regards to like pork barrel politics. politics,
1: yeah, yeah, okay
0: so. Yeah, interesting. I love that weird kind of stuff. That's why I love international racing series like Formula One. Because you get to explore uh, weird...
1: Or see how strange your own culture is from the
0: outside. Yeah, weird, weird things about you and weird things about other people. Uh, but share common ground with your love of race cars. Uh, speaking of race cars. Yes. Japan.
1: What would
0: you think of this Japanese Grand Prix?
1: Uh, I thought it was, you know, it's weird. So I ended up watching this one uh twice in short order because my parents came through a day or two after the uh, it had run, and so I decided to watch with them again because I haven't watched a race with my folks in ages, and it was, oh you know wow, good. Okay. To, it was good to you know gather round F one with my family uh, as we as we did <laughs> for years and years. And the second time through, it was it was a slightly less interesting race. I remembered it being a, a really you know interesting race from flag to flag, but uh, I think it had a really interesting like first half, and then after the pit stop cycles had finished, um, it fell into a little more of that processional thing that I think we all dread a little bit when when it comes to F one. But by and large, I think it was an interesting race. It was a really interesting qualifying and a really interesting start. Yeah,
0: so I mean, going into qualifying, first of all, we're we're kind of looking for the Tararossas to do well at their like second home race because they're the only Honda team. Um, a, a lot of people dressed in Tararasso gear uh, in the Japanese stands, yeah. which is which is fun to see. Um, but yeah, in in qualifying, uh, Q one, Ericsson butted into a wall uh, and brought out the red flag, uh, which incidentally, er- um, Ocon didn't slow down. Four? Or he did, but he speeded back up. It was weird. Uh, and earned a three-place grid penalty. Uh, and then Ricardo, actually, he had... It seemed like an engine problem, but after the race, he said it was a throttle actuator. Hmm. Uh Quit on him in Q2, and so uh, he went out without setting a time, and then screamed into his helmet. That was tough to
1: watch. Um uh, yeah. That was again like it was one of those moments where you, you're you're kind of left wondering and I think even the even the commentators were a bit, a bit perplexed by it, like you know obviously he's a driven guy, and all that, but like you don't really even work here for much longer, right like you're about to ne- start the next chapter, but man it just i like it just felt like the frustration level is so complete with this season and this team. Yeah, uh, that even though he's pretty much like halfway out the door, still said like that moment made me think he's still feeling pretty raw about everything uh, with where he's at in F1 right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's got to be a lot of, uh, you know, just questions about what what is next year going to be like, right? Yeah. One, um, well, what I, if it's I, I, what if it's
1: this all the way down? What if it's what if this yeah. is a, like this is Renault life?
0: Yeah uh i've got to imagine also that like when you're out there in qualifying you are so amped up on adrenaline that when you come back to the pits and get out of your car there's nowhere for it to go Mm -hmm. so um yeah that it didn't surprise me but you know i like i want to see danny rick happy yeah uh but yeah the the, so weirdness continued though into qualifying because the rain started to come in which uh rain is always fun but when it's Rain for part of the session. Intermittent really, rain. Yes. It was
1: it was so weird. It was like the perfect for F one qualifying, this was what constitutes the perfect storm, right? Because like it rained just hard enough that it changed track conditions where like while it was raining, you pretty much like you needed to be on inters. But the moment it stopped, conditions were such that it seemed like that track would dry up almost immediately, right? Like if the rain like Right, but could the rain come back? Right. Right and like yeah so like Q2 I think by the end it was starting to get, get pretty dangerous out there if you were still on slicks and uh yeah. like it was getting pretty dicey
0: Yeah uh Leclerc did a perfect 360 uh which mirrored almost to the frame the one he did in Germany actually the Formula 1 Twitter account put up both of them side by side is pretty good uh <laughs> pretty good video uh, I think it's the same direction too uh, but he didn't hit anything um and yeah you're right people kind of like that that came at the end of q2 and then as we were going into q3 the question was do you come out on enters or do you come out on slicks and ferrari went out on enters everybody else came out on slicks and even in when he was sitting in the pit lane waiting for the light to go green fedel goes i think it looks too dry
1: it's it was such an own goal, uh, by Ferrari. <laughs> like, I don't understand how you get it this wrong. Like, okay, I know I know I have a tendency on this show to be a little bit a little bit harsh toward people who like it's their job to get this <laughs> shit right. Uh, and they're working with a lot of data that, that I can't see, but it was such a weird it did not look like heavy rain was in the immediate forecast. It looked like it was going to be stay in that like gray area between inters and slicks for at least a little bit. I found it a little weird that they gambled while it wasn't raining to go with the inters and yeah, like such a long shot. Like, yes, how so do what? you think it's going? Like, I'm curious, like it was the worry that it was going to start that the track was still wet. It wouldn't stay dry enough, long, long enough for slicks to really work. Inter's would be the optimal tire, and then the heavens would open, and it would be a wet session all the way through. Was that the? Was that the thinking? It's just such a strange strategy. They chose. Yeah, it,
0: it seems like such a such a uh, like a hail mary that there's another Americanism, I guess. Uh, that it would. That it would like those conditions for Ferrari to excel would happen, right? But I, but like maybe that's that was what they intended, right? Like maybe they need to be doing this stuff or they feel that they need to be doing this stuff to get ahead. But like, I don't, you're not out of it yet. Like why do you, everyone else is doing one thing and you're the only one doing the other thing. Like, I don't know. It, did, it, it didn't really. No,
1: it did to. end up raining kind of like properly pretty much right after Q3, right? Like I, I feel like as they were getting out of their well, cars, it was starting to come down.
0: Yeah, so what happened was uh, they go out for the beginning of Q3, it doesn't rain, and then toward the end, it starts to rain. And so what happened? Right, happens that's the is other part of how they... Yeah. Ferrari, Ferrari got it exactly wrong, because everyone uh, switched on to the Inters, and then they were had just switched on to Slicks, and then just could not get the rhythm together for good laps.
1: But even that, it was so weird, because it's not like they just got a little wrong with the windows. Like... There was enough. There was just enough time to come in and uh, do a change, but there were the track was nearly dry enough for you to run a lap on slicks while they were out there. Like there, there were just a couple places they lost grip. Um, I don't know if you're going to get a, get a good lap time off that. Uh, I don't know if it was. Vettel just overcooking it a little bit when he was on his runs or if conditions just deteriorated that quickly. The rest of the lap looked pretty good. He was on a decent run uh, before he lost it in, was it 130R? Um, I forget where it was, but yeah. Yeah, he had had a corner that he had had some trouble with. Um, Might have been Spoon, actually. Uh, But yeah, it was like the perfect, uh, it, it was the perfect mistake for for Ferrari. And the other weird thing is I feel like even at the end of their warm-up lap they knew that it wasn't gonna work. And did they did they even did they even do try to do a lap or did they just come in at the end of their uh their out lap and wave I off? Don't, I don't remember. I can't remember either. But it was it was it was a disaster. The t- the tires stopped working immediately. They tur- like the, the enters were the complete wrong strategy. Um yeah. and just another at some point, maybe before the next, uh, next show we do, like, cause it seems like we're, we're, this, we're running out of championship duel, uh, for this, for the yeah. season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, toward the end, they even asked, um, Verstappen, I think he was in, uh, P3. Uh, yeah, he started P3. Yeah. Uh, they, they asked him, you know, how he's feeling about being mixed up in the middle of that championship duel. How, how would he handle it? And he just sort of smirked and was like, is it, still a duel do you think oh boy uh, yeah and so the thing I, I i would love to do is tally up like how many points have ferrari like just thrown away this season
0: i think formula
1: one did that
0: uh or no espn's formula one did and it was like <laughs> their tweet was like look away now ferrari fans and it was like yeah it was the swing of like 80 points or something insane
1: yeah, and this was this was another one of those. It's it, like this affected their race day, I think, pretty significantly, as it turns out. Uh, Absolutely. I
0: mean, Raikkonen started fourth. So I'll go down yeah. the list: Lewis Hamilton on pole, uh, followed by Botas. then Verstappen, Raikkonen, uh, Grosjean in fifth, Hartley uh, out qualifying Pierre Gasly in sixth place, Gasly seventh, um, Sebastian Vettel qualified eighth. That was the best he could do with his time. Uh, behind him is Sergio Perez and Leclerc uh, starting 10th. Behind them is Ocon, who got that three-place grid penalty for failing to sufficiently slow for red flags. Uh, Kevin Magnussen, Sainz, Stroll, Ricardo in 15th, followed by Hulkenberg, Sorotkin, Alonso, Van Dorn, and Ericsson, uh, who uh, earned a 10-place penalty for uh, having to replace some power unit components.
1: Yeah. Eighth for Ferrari.
0: Yeah. Well, for Vettel yeah um so i guess let's take it to the start here no real surprises at the start though vettel does get a good jump on uh hartley and goes wheel to wheel with gasly for the first few corners eventually sealing the deal as they go into the s's um and he like this is it's do or die right so he really needed to have a good start to have any hope of chasing down hamilton uh And immediately he runs up against Grosjean. um, And then in front of him is Raikkonen and then Verstappen before he even gets to Botas. So uh, he's got a long way to go. In the back, though, Ricardo, starting from 15th, gets a jump on Stroll and then sends it down the inside of the hairpin on Magnussen, earning 13th place, still on the first lap. Uh, A few corners later, into Spoon Corner, Fettel does get around Grosjean on the outside for fifth and actually drops it onto the grass. Um, for a second, which I didn't see until I watched the uh, the onboard video on uh, F1's YouTube channel. It was a pretty gutsy move, but again, he is under some pressure here. Uh, Raikkonen got pretty close to Verstappen uh, on this first lap, who actually locked up and went into the chicane and had to cut it. And then as he rejoined, Raikkonen is there, having driv- driven around on the track, and then had nowhere to go as Verstappen was rejoining and is basically pushed off. Um. And this, this tussle allows Vettel to pass Raikkonen for fourth. So Vettel already eighth to fourth in one lap. Uh, And that was kind of a weird one because Verstappen looks like he tried his best to keep the wheel turned. So it didn't look like he was forcing Raikkonen off, but like the stewards still gave him a a penalty for, for not rejoining the track safely.
1: Yeah. I mean, like for me, that one, like that one to me is not even close. Like you don't, you don't try to regain the apex. This is this is the thing I didn't really understand. Paul DeResta was was making this argument too that like this was a uh, Max was trying to regain the turn, regain the racing line, and he wasn't uh, necessarily like breaching any breaching any rules or, or racing unsafely. Um, but my understanding is like literally that's not what you're supposed to do. If you go off track <laughs> like that. Uh, you have to like, you do end up having to cut the chicane and rejoin at a place off the line. That's the safest option. Uh, yeah. versus like you,
0: you cut the track, man. you like, you're already, yeah. you have ceased to be on the racing surface. You're not really racing. You are coming back to race. And then
1: you eat the, t- you eat the panel. Like you, you, you can't yeah. cut the chicane and get an advantage. So you're gonna have to slow down, let whoever you're racing go by, come back onto the track, track safely. And that's how that's resolved. Vettel doesn't, uh, Verstappen doesn't do that. Verstappen, like, pretty much comes right back onto the track, uh, pretty much almost perpendicular to the track at where he comes on. Uh, yeah. And then he brings it around and has completely slammed the door on Raikkonen. And to me, that looked to me like, it looked to me like Max holding onto the position. It looked to me like Max trying to maintain track position. And... Or almost like, oh, you didn't see that. I didn't,
0: uh, I didn't just go off there. Everything's fine.
1: Yeah, and... It's a smart move, like track position in F one. As this sure. very race is going to show, track position is the most important thing. Like if if you end up eating a small penalty, but you stay ahead of somebody, that's probably a good exchange for the the rest of the rest of the race. Uh, I think this ends up being a really fateful mo- moment uh, in the race, particularly for Ferrari. Uh, I think if Verstappen, I mean Verstappen is maybe a little more sporting in that moment. He probably doesn't end up having nearly as good a race, and Ferrari probably—I don't know—has a very different one. Uh, but it was interesting. It was an interesting moment. Uh, I don't think it was—I don't think it was like a terrible move or anything like that. I don't think it was egregious. Uh, but I think it was another one of those. Max has got sharp elbows, and mm. he makes very calculated judgments about trade-offs on the racetrack. I think this was for. For the purposes of, like, trying to finish a race strong, this was probably a, a smart move, uh, even if, again, uh, definitely one worthy of a penalty.
0: Yeah, I, I, and as we've seen, it's so hard to pass people that, like, yeah, maybe it's worth eating a five-second time penalty just to stay ahead of them so you don't languish behind them for so long right well, who knows if he's thinking about all of that yeah. as this is happening i think he's probably just like i got to get as much as i can yeah when i can you know uh there's another um one lap later another uh weird move uh magnuson <laughs> does some characteristic late late break defending on Leclerc. so he's uh it's a right turn and Leclerc is trying to pass him on the inside, and Magnussen does, like, the latest uh, swerve to block him. And Leclerc rear-ends him. Like, there's, he can't do anything. Uh, and Magnussen gets a puncture uh, and then retires. And then Leclerc over the radio, radio says, Magnussen is and will always be stupid. It's a fact. I'm really looking forward to more Charles Leclerc radio
1: uh, in the future. Man, is there a driver... That like the grid is turned on uh, more than Magnuson this year. But like, is it this
0: year? I think it might be many years. Yeah, I don't it know. Was,
1: wasn't it? Maybe it's it was this uh, year. he came over.
0: In. Yeah, uh, I think he's got a reputation.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. I, like I always sort of had uh, a little bit of soft spot for him ever since that uh, was it. McLaren. He had sort of an abortive um, start yeah. at uh, for a little while yeah and he he um
0: i think that's where i watched him and kind of that's that's where i became a fan of him yeah um and then he he took a year off and worked as a welder and then came back to formula one yeah i missed that part yeah that's what he did in the year between okay uh so yeah, I, I like Magnuson. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know that he is. I think Nico Holkenberg might be right when he says one of the most unsporting drivers on the grid, which is what he said to Magnuson who then retorted, uh, suck my balls. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. But he did not earn a penalty from the stewards in this uh, uh, situation because they deemed that it was not a reaction. So it was, I guess... Since it was part of his blocking move and not a double move or anything, or I don't know, I can I can see if I can pull up the exact uh, yeah. messaging here, um, but the yeah the long short of it is he did not uh, earn any uh, penalties uh, according to FIA race director Charlie Whiting. The evidence seen by the stewards. Indicating Magnuson's move was not a reaction to Leclerc pulling out to overtake him. Quote, if you analyze it very, very carefully, what you see is two cars coming down with Kevin not moving, and then Charles catches, catches, catches. He decides to go to the right at exactly the same time. On the video, there's one frame difference, and then Kevin moves. So I think it's impossible to say that Kevin blocked him. It was just that he'd made the decision that he was going to go right fractionally after Charles had. That's from racefans.net. So, The things you can see when you watch it in slow motion. Yep. yep. Uh, Ricardo, though, is actually behind Leclerc at this point and passes both of them as this happens and actually follows behind Magnussen, which is kind of risky because there's parts flying off all over the place. Uh, I think I mentioned Magnussen uh, retired then after that.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, but he the tire can come, come off completely and the broken wheel is just shredding his uh, undertray. Yeah, his, yeah, his it was carbon bad. fiber.
0: Uh, Leclerc though, not out of, uh, not out of trouble cause his teammate on lap seven gives him a little love tap into the chicane. <laughs> um, let's see here. Lap eight, Fettle. Uh, yes. So okay. another, <laughs> another big incident in this race. You're right. There was a lot of stuff happening. And I think because, because you didn't know what was going to happen, this was sort of an edge of your seat kind of a race, but I could see where watching it again, it's like, okay, yeah. there's, a, there's a few, there's a few fireworks but really not a lot between all this stuff. But lap eight, Fettel uh, is in fourth place, anxious to get past Verstappen, tries to take him on the inside of Spoon, which is a... It's not a... Uh, it's not a hairpin to the left, but it's kind of a narrow corner um, and relatively fast. And he 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 takes it really, really late. So Fettel um, tries to go on the inside, but they touch And Vettel spins out. uh, Just goes off the track.
1: Cars fly by him. He goes all the way to the back of the grid. And I don't... Verstappen had the five-second penalty to serve. Like, there's no way that Vettel does not get that position without trying to make a risky move. I think... I understand... That Vettel probably wants and maybe even needs to get past Verstappen uh at that like somewhere around then because he's being held up and uh the Ferraris are the uh, Mercedes are pulling away. I get it. Yeah. But when the guy has a penalty coming to him anyway, that's going to give you the position, I fully do not understand how that doesn't change the calculation about when and where you're going to make your move. Like that gives you the luxury of being really choosy. Right, to to set up your attack and try to make it, you know, try to do a risk free uh, pass or as close as you can get in F one to a risk free overtake. I this once again seemed like one of those moments that screams that like Vettel does not handle frustration uh, particularly well when he's you know when he's driving Uh, like yeah and there's no there's no like slow and steady
0: mode to Sebastian Vettel, where I feel like there is for Lewis. There is a like meticulous, uh, plotting nature to the way that Hamilton operates. Vettel is very much just like, uh, he's very like streaky. He, he spikes.
1: Yeah. It's, which is kind of the opposite of how I thought it would be because in my head, I'd always viewed him as such a cold calculating driver in a lot of ways, but that's because he was a calculating driver when he, was leading, when he was driving a Red Bull that was, you know, hands down better than every car on the grid. Uh, his, like, he took a great car and made it untouchable. And that's how he got those championships. What I never anticipated was the degree to which, like, the tension of a, you know, a team that's kind of struggling a little bit would get to battle. The, the way frustration in a championship w- would get to Vettel. And I always felt like when Hamilton was you know a younger driver, I viewed him a little bit as like the not quite the hothead, but like he'd definitely make the he'd definitely take chances uh to, to get places. And he seemed like a very aggressive driver. And this seemed like Vettel just <laughs> really, really going like full Maverick and Top Gun. <laughs> writing checks <laughs> hit
0: the pace car yeah yeah um yeah I, I think to me it looked a little uh like desperation um which again you know i don't really blame him he he is he is on the back foot um and and from the onboard, the gap did look appetizing and he actually gave the like a paraphrased version of the the famous senna quote that says uh, i mean i'm gonna butcher it here but it's like um uh, if if you see a gap and don't go for it you're no longer a racing driver uh so yeah i i think and, and it probably speaks to like the culture within ferrari as well this is like we need to do we need to throw the long balls and see if is see if someone can catch him um so yeah he he rejoins the track in 18th place no further action from the stewards uh on that one and uh, i think it's worth Pointing out here that Lewis Hamilton, after the race, uh, I think this is from his Snapchat, <clears throat> said, I feel the media need to show a little more respect for Sebastian. You simply cannot imagine how hard it is to do what we do at our level. For any athlete at the top of their game, that is. Uh, it is to be expected that being humans, we will make mistakes, but it is how we get through them that counts. So
1: so that's good, how good over sportsmanship. this championship is.
0: <laughs> no, like- <laughs> yeah, Hamilton showing good sportsmanship. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, he, like he, he's a he's a fine sportsman, but also remember the glee after uh, Baku when when um this got like last year when Vettel hit him right under the pace car, and <laughs> yeah. uh, Lewis is basically like, ha, you know, I know I'm under his skin, I know I'm in his head. Yeah, um, he fully has like a long term lease, I think, in Vettel's head at this point, and now he's like everyone, you know, subs great. Just leave him alone. It's, it's a hard <laughs> job, y'all.
0: Yeah. Uh, Danny Rick, still doing work on lap 12. He gets past Perez into the chicane for seventh uh, by being characteristically real late on those breaks. Um, then he does it again on Grosjean two laps later in the same spot for fifth place, uh, having gotten by Gasly in the meantime. So now Ricardo is working on Raikkonen. And in fact, since Raikkonen started on the super softs and Ricardo on the softs Raikkonen has to pit first uh which allows Ricardo to drive by and then when Ricardo pits on lap 24 he comes out ahead of Raikkonen so uh absolutely incredible drive from Danny Rick big ups uh starting from 15th place to to get ahead of Raikkonen uh, Vettel is also making some headway from the back of the field, but he has a long way to go at this point, uh, about halfway through the race. We get some good action from Leclerc on Hulkenberg for 10th, manages to get him on the inside of the chicane. Hulkenberg actually has to go off the track a bit, uh, and allows Perez to pass him too. Uh, one lap later though, Perez gets Leclerc on the straight with DRS for eighth. Um, and as he's doing this, Grosjean is exiting the pits and man, it gets close. Uh, but Grosjean does keep ahead uh, of Perez. So some good, some good wheel-to-wheel action uh, later in the race. Uh, by lap 35, Vettel makes it all the way up uh, to pass Grosjean for sixth place, uh, although Raikkonen at that point is 40 seconds away in fifth. Um, and uh, just a couple more notes here. Leclerc, lap 38, uh, reports that something broke and he bounces off the track. Yeah. Uh, into the sand, so he's out, unfortunately. I was, uh, also sur-
1: also? I was also surprised, sorry, like by how quickly Raikkonen lost the back of Ricardo. Like, fully, it seems like the soft compound tire and the Ferrari are just like a ma- match made in hell. Oh, uh, really? Okay, I didn't notice that. Yeah, like, because, I mean, they end up with a pretty massive delta uh, between them. And hmm. when you okay. consider how close they were at the pit stops. Um, it just seems like that second stint once again, uh, was just a disaster for Raikkonen and Ferrari. Um, and I, I Jeez, I, you're right. He finished like 30 seconds behind Ricardo, right? This is what I'm saying is like that when they, when that, when that pit cycle finished, I thought we were set up for what should be a pretty fun duel between those guys. Raikkonen was never even in it. He just, he just sank like a stone. Um, so that's that's another weird part of Ferrari's woes this season is it if it, it fully seems like there is a tire compound uh that the, the car just seems to be garbage on. Hmm.
0: Weird. Um there are some fireworks around lap forty three as Botas encounters backmarker traffic and uh, Verstappen tries to pounce on him. Um but gets a little caught up on Alonso and uh Botas keeps the place, so uh, yeah, Hamilton was leading the whole time, and he won, so cool. Uh, we got Botas in second, and Verstappen rounding out the podium. Danny Rick, fourth place. Way to go. Uh, followed by Raikkonen and Sebastian Vettel in sixth. Behind them, we got Sergio Perez, Roman Grosjean, Esteban Ocon, and Carlos Sainz Jr. in tenth place. Uh, rounding out the rest of the field, we got Gasly, Erickson, Hartley, Alonzo, Van Dorn, Sorotkin, and Stroll with Leclerc, Holkenberg, and Magnussen, uh, out of the race. Kind of bummed for Hartley that he wasn't able to hang on, uh, or Gasly, either of them to, uh, to points paying positions. But yeah, Japanese GP,
1: decent. Yeah. I would say like, it had a fun opening. Uh, it was it, it was it was it was pretty fun. Um, it's a little bit of a bummer that it does feel like the duel. I was hoping we'd see to the end of the season. Uh, like I'm, I'm thinking back to Spa, right, where like mm-hmm. Ferrari just seemed all systems go. Uh, could could Mercedes nurse that lead along uh, to the end of the season? Boy, it just it, it seems like uh, that. I feel a little bit like a title fight has been canceled. Is kind of how it feels, right? Like, you know, two fighters in their prime. You're really pumped for it. And then somebody, like, I don't know, sprains his wrist in a crossfit accident or something.
0: Speaking of fights, did you did you watch the McGregor fight recently? No. Uh the the one with the brawl? Oh man. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I totally missed that. What's what sparked the brawl? Because the brawl was like outside the ring. Uh
0: yes. Well, so um McGregor was fighting, I can't remember his name, it's something very long in Russian, um, but the Russian won and then immediately he, the Russian left the octagon and went and tried to fight one of McGregor's trainers. Uh, at the same time, some of the Russian's team, friends or whatever, leaped into the octagon and started fighting Conor McGregor. Who had just lost a UFC fight. Oh it was insane. Boy. Is there uh, any weird but,
1: fallout from that?
0: Uh I think I, I haven't really followed yeah, it. I, I you know, I I could be saying wrong this things, is, but that's that's the way it, it, it came out during the broadcast. I'm, but I'm I not think McGregor saying, has said like it's fine.
1: Yeah. It's, I'm not saying we just, need that in F1, it. but <laughs> it would be pretty fun if we if we had somebody like charge somebody else's pit box at some point after a race. I think that could be good. There was though. I think that was, that was a
0: great fight and a crazy aftermath, but I think my favorite, and I don't watch a lot of UFC, so I don't know if this is bar for the course. um, But my favorite part of that entire night was, uh, there's a fighter named Derek Lewis, who, um, who, (laughs) who won his fight and then, or had the best post-game interview i have ever seen uh with with joe rogan um afterward uh just every single answer was i'm not even gonna i'll just link it in the show notes yeah because it's 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 too good to even say it yeah uh yeah that's that's a weird sport too Uh, i think (laughs) danny and i back when we were um at cbs i think we even considered doing like uh, like an off season of UFC or something because <laughs> right I know Danny's really into it I'm not really I kind of I'm a fair weather is there is there an exciting fight this weekend yeah maybe I'll watch it with some friends but um, I don't know I, I feel like I watch it so infrequently that when it does show up it's fun but boy there was a lot of blood uh let's move on to the news shall we go for it um we got some more driver confirmations one george russell is in at williams uh if you are unfamiliar as i pretty much was with george russell he is 20 years old he is um in formula two this year and will likely win the championship uh there's still a few more races to go but he is uh, in the lead he also won the gp3 title in 2017 He's also part of the Mercedes driving program, so that doesn't, or that's, I guess, not a real big surprise that he's in at Williams. Um, He's British. He will be the 145th British driver to start a Grand Prix and the first British person at Williams since Button in 2000, Um, or full time driver, I guess. Uh, And racefans.net is. Uh, saying that he is they understand that he is replacing stroll at the team which is interesting because stroll has not yet been confirmed at force india so uh still a lot of question marks surrounding that um but yeah george russell apparently he's got some chops so uh (laughs) it's kind of a bummer he'll need him be in a better car (laughs) yes there you go that's that's the right attitude uh speaking of people with chops but maybe not being able to show them Stoffel Van Dorn has a drive in Formula E. He will be joining the new Mercedes-backed HWA team, uh, teaming up with a driver named Gary Paffett, a former McLaren test driver who won the DTM championship for the second time uh, this year. So uh, that's a a talent-packed team, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, good to see Van Dorn going somewhere cool. Uh, I like Formula E. I haven't watched it, uh, this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give it a look. Very curious what he does there.
1: Uh, cause for a long time I was like, damn, like Alonzo just so good. That's why those two cars are performing so differently. I'm not there anymore. And so I am yeah, very curious. Yeah,
0: I'm with you. Uh, I hope he does well. Yeah. Um, probably the, uh, certainly the most contentious, uh, news item, um, that has happened since our last episode is the announcement of the W series, a women's only international single seater racing championship. Uh, so this is, um, a number of formula one people are involved here. Uh, David Coulthard. Uh, A guy named Dave Ryan, who is the former sporting director of the McLaren Formula One team uh, and former racing director at Manor. Uh, He's the series racing director. And let's see. Also, uh, Adrian Newey, who is uh, Red Bull's uh, technical designer and uh, an advisory board member. Uh, Quote from Coltart here. Uh, quote, we at W Series firmly believe that female and male racing drivers can compete with one another on equal terms given the same opportunity. At the moment, however, women racing drivers tend to reach a glass ceiling at around the GP3 slash Formula 3 level on their learning curve, often as a result of a lack of funding rather than a lack of talent. That's why an all-new, all-female single-seater motor racing series is required—W Series—to establish a competitive and constructive motorsport habitat in which our drivers will be able to equip themselves with the necessary skill set eventually to move up to existing high-level mainstream racing series and compete with the best male drivers on equal terms. So, uh, a few more bullet points here: uh, the cars will all be identical uh, Tatis Formula Three cars. Uh, four-cylinder 1.8 liter Uh, they'll have halos Uh, prize pot totaling 1.5 million dollars the winner gets 500,000 six-round series launching in may 2019 features 30-minute races throughout europe with one round to be held in the uk further expansion into australia Uh, this is all from motorsport.com by the way Uh, expansion into australia asia and the americas is expected in the longer term uh, females hoping to compete in W series will not have to bring any sponsorship, but they will have to prove their ability in an intensive selection process to ensure that the grid is full of the best talent possible. I think that's where Coulthard comes in. I think he's one of the judges. So, uh, this sparked, of course, um, a lot of, uh, different opinions, uh, and, uh, among them different opinions, uh, from women drivers. So... Uh, let's see, Pippa Mann, who's an IndyCar driver, uh, what a sad day for motorsport. Those with funding to help female racers are choosing to segregate them as opposed to supporting them. I am deeply disappointed to see such a historic step backwards take place in my lifetime. Uh, Euro F3 racer, Sophia Flourish, um, also said on Twitter, I agree with the arguments, but I totally disagree with the solution Women need long-term support and trustful partners. Uh, I want to compete with the best of our sport. Uh, Please compare with economics. Do we need to separate women management slash advisory boards? No, wrong way. Uh, However, there are, uh, of course, um, as you might expect, women uh, in favor of this. So we've got British F3 race winner, uh, and British GT champion Jamie Chadwick uh, saying, W Series is giving female drivers another platform to go racing. I'm a racing driver, and if I could, I would race 365 days a year. Uh, I will still race immense men in other championships, but W Series is the perfect supplement to help me develop and progress further through the junior motorsport ranks. I'm excited about what is to come. Uh, and one more here from GT driver Stephanie Cox. Uh, quote, speaking for myself, I want to be a racing driver at the highest possible level and to be able to race against the best drivers, men and women in order to be able to do so. It is important that first we gain the kind of experience that W series will provide. So I can kind of, I can see both sides of this. It's, uh, like the, it seems like at least these two detractors are saying, look, we don't need to segregate ourselves because we can already race with men there's nothing holding us back and then the other uh uh, side is saying yes we can race with other people currently we can race with men but we need a more structured kind of experience to be able to do so better uh will buxton i thought had a pretty prescient quote on twitter he says "Uh, if women aren't reaching the top we have to ask why Option one is they aren't good enough. Option two is that the system isn't working. I don't subscribe to the first option, which leaves option two. The only sensible solution is to try something new. Uh, personally, that's where I'm coming down on this. I Why not try it and see what happens? Um, I think I am it's really hard to follow. It's number one, really hard to find women in motorsport. And number two, it's really hard to follow their progress and actually see their talent. And if it's hard for me, who like as a race fan, uh, like (laughs) who runs a racing podcast, it's going to be hard for normal people to see. And it's going to be hard for like young girls to see. And if that doesn't happen, you're not going to grow the pool, right? You're not going to get, Visible women in motorsport who are then going to get sponsorship, who are then going—it's going to enable them to race. I just think a, a concentration of attention like this is a good way to like, f- like focus attention uh, and drive up the number um, of people watching the visibility and and ultimately leading to a larger pool of drivers. Yeah,
1: yeah. I understand the skepticism and complaints about the way this can possibly like create a bit of a cul-de-sac for women trying to advance through the ranks of motorsport as well as uh, create the give the impression that like somehow women can't compete on the same level Uh, i understand those complaints i hear them a lot around esports as well because again you have a similar sort of there are no uh you know physiological trends uh that should account for difference in in meaningful difference in performance or achievement um and yet i often feel like what frustrates me a lot about those line those arguments is that they seem kind of willfully ignorant or obtuse to The reality we're actually presented with right this 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 notion that well there's there's no reason uh why women like why women shouldn't be able to uh rise to the same heights in the same numbers as men in this field they just haven't but if we just keep trying uh and denying that there's a problem surely eventually it will go away yeah Um, you mean
0: sort of like it's it's as if it were in a vacuum and there were not other factors involved well, that's, that's exactly
1: it, right? Because if, if that's your, if that's your argument, then what you're basically not taking into account for are all the sort of structural or systemic biases that have led to the current status quo, uh, right? Like, there's there's simply, it, I, I think it is deeply disingenuous to play dumb about stuff like that and, and say that, well, if we have a, you know, why, why should we have a, a women's only... Uh, Racing series there's nothing wrong with the status quo. We can just keep uh sending women into it, and eventually someone will get through, even though that hasn't yeah. happened yet in the recorded history eventually. of eventually in like who knows years centuries yeah. <laughs> like
0: uh, and, and i don't, and I don't see we got a problem Patrick. with jump starting that yeah yeah, look at Danica Patrick. well but, race winner in IndyCar
1: yeah, but also like one you know, what I mean, there's so few women who've like, e- like even had that level of success. I just think it's preposterous right. not to not to acknowledge that there uh, may be other factors involved in a like for, in F1 specifically. There there might there might be other cultural issues involved uh, around a motorsport that has had grid girls uh, for its entire for a lot of its history. Right, that uh, whose official broadcasts are notorious for having these um you know sort sort of the the voyeuristic camera seeking out like attractive young women yeah. uh, in the paddock and in the stands like you can't pretend that there aren't these like environmental or cultural issues ar- around the sport you know my you know my partners pretty you know pretty jaded uh, at this point she she works in uh male dominated fields and she's not uh you, you know she she doesn't need repro- like she she's pretty used to how these things work, but it still means a lot to her when she sees uh, like women working as engineers and mechanics in F1 right now, which you see a lot more of these days than you did even, even five years ago. Um, So I I think it should not be underestimated the degree to which uh, for women in all sorts of positions, the message that gets sent out when you do make a point of making a space, and it would be awesome if the W series becomes redundant very quickly. And in a few years, we're sort of sitting there wondering, like, why does this thing still exist? Yeah, but come that's on, the, I think the ideal future, yeah. right? But come on, we're so far from that right now. So let's let's <laughs> yeah. give it a shot and see what happens. But you need you people. People need heroes. Uh, people. We need to see women actually like compete in cool, meaningful races. So let's give that a shot and see if they can attract the attention and backing of sponsors.
0: Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. Um, So yeah, that's coming in May 2019 for six races uh, with uh, plans to expand it even more. I think they are currently partnering with DTM, so they'll be uh, touring uh, and supporting that series. Uh And finally, in the news, uh, I, I just wanted to touch on this super weird uh, new Ferrari logo that has been adorning their cars. Um, I'm so glad you brought Japanese this up because it was
1: driving me nuts. <laughs> I was like, what in the hell is that?
0: Yeah, so if you watch the Japanese GP, you may have seen uh, that the Ferrari looks a little different. Uh, there are uh, logos for something called Mission Winnow. All over the car. It's on the engine cover, the rear wing, the halo, the nose, the mirrors, uh, the fire suits. Uh, this is Philip Morris. This is this is Philip Morris, the tobacco people. Uh, tobacco back sponsorships back are not allowed in 2006. So they're trying this weird, like, rebranding thing. Like Philip Morris is not changing the name of their company or anything. They've just started this different separate brand. And if you go to that website, which, you know, I don't at the risk of giving giving this more exposure, I'm going to tell you what is on the homepage uh, because it is the best corporate non-speak. It says here's here's verbatim. We at Philip Morris International are transforming, learning from our past in order to build a better future for the 1.1 billion people who smoke and those around them. This is our vision. We relentlessly explore and research every option and focus only on the solutions that drive radical change. Like our partner, Scuderia Ferrari. We take the best, refine it, and make it better. This is winnowing. This isn't about a product or brand. This is about passion. This is a mission to constantly improve and evolve, and we want to share this journey with you.
1: What does that mean? You didn't say anything. We are building the fastest Ferrari branded vape rigs you can imagine. <laughs> See that at least at least concrete. Hold on, no, I'm sorry, I just I I, I just made the mistake of clicking on the video because I'm just dying of curiosity here. It, this is oh, such a strange thing. This is like uh This is like some uh like Silicon Valley nonsense. Yeah. Uh, like, like Hooli or something like that. Right. We're starting a
0: brand to make things better by making them more good.
1: Uh, this is so bizarre. So, so their idea here is to make smokers' lives better, but not even explicitly saying we're committing to helping people get off smoke. Like, yeah, it's the. It's such a... So,
0: there's another quote here. It is from a motorsport.com article. They're quoting a spokesperson here. It is very important to say the logo, the campaign, is not related to any tobacco products. It is about us. It's about the fact our company is going to transform. It's going to move to a totally different set of initiatives for a better future. It is very important to be with Ferrari because Ferrari exemplified the passion and this constant improvement that is the base of our future.
1: But what is is that future? I don't know. Uh,
0: Like. (laughs) So as a part of this, and this is kind of... uh, so, I don't know if uh, you saw Making the Rounds on F1 Twitter, but the Kimi Räikkönen haiku book? Yeah. So, they're behind that. They made that. Mission Winnow did. Or Philip Morris did. did. Phil, yeah, well, Phil
1: Morris did. Okay. So, it's like so this even that, So, basically, insidious
0: bullshit. Yeah. Like, brand strategy. And then the book is pretty good. I doubt Kimi Räikkönen wrote any of those... Haikus, yeah, but uh, That makes the
1: book rather less cute.
0: I know. So apparently they've been a Ferrari sponsor for a long time, but just haven't put their logo anywhere. Oh. Uh, according to motorsport.com, Philip Morris has not advertised its brands or products on Ferrari's cars for several years, which leads me to believe that they have been a sponsor, just not a visible one, because it's tobacco advertising that is banned in Formula One. Since 2006, according to the New York Times.
1: So what's the upshot? Like, is it just them? Were they just keeping a spot on that car until they could roll out something? Like, does Mission Winnow exist just so they have something to finally fill that spot they've been keeping open I, with their... I guess. It's about as real as that weird beer that Daniel Ricardo and Jensen Button make. It's like you moved cities, but you still have season tickets somewhere. And so you just keep, like, <laughs> getting the tickets, and you can't bring yourself to, like, cancel them? Because maybe someday you'll move back? And, like, Mission <laughs> Winnow is them, like, getting an apartment in that city again. You know, like... Yeah, there you go. It's... <laughs> it's... Uh, so there's a so, business wire so piece. Winnow originally referred to the removal of chaff from grain, uh, but it's about distinguishing uh, what is true from what is inaccurate or misleading. Wait, what? For PMI, this is critically important in a world of mission of information overload. Uh, the company also believes it is critically important to adhere to an uncompromising commitment of continuous improvement. The dedicated <laughs> and diligent pursuit of scientific and engineering excellence with an intense focus on details.
0: No, no human. This wrote commitment that sentence.
1: and focus are creating a paradigm shift in the tobacco industry <laughs> toward a better future. This is unreal, dude. This paradigm
0: shift. There it is. Unreal. Everyone, take a drink.
1: This is. They paid people money for that. I think, like, well, they paid a robot money for that to, to write that. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah. So, but apparently, the direction they're they're saying like who felt Morris is now. We're building our future on smoke-free products and electronic devices that are a much okay. better consumer choice than continuing to smoke cigarettes. So I feel like in the subtext of this, the subtext of this is Mission Winnow is going to the pub- be the public face of the organization that fights any sort of scientific rigor being applied to the long-term effects of vaping. <laughs> right? <Okay>. Like, <laughs> well, hold on. Don't t- Don't say the facts are out on vaping long-term. Uh, here at Mission Winnow, that sounds like leaping to conclusions. We don't want to overload people with claims. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Just put out a Ferrari vape rig. <laughs> Get it over it's, with. It's
0: in development, I'm sure. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, we're going to Austin. Uh, Circuit of the Americas is uh, one of my favorite tracks. I like I like watching it. I like being there. I've only been there once, but it's uh, it's a cool place to go. Uh, F1 has been going here since 2012. It's got 20 turns and runs 3.4 miles or 5.5 kilometers. Uh, We have referred to it in the past as Frankentrack because, as Wikipedia states, quote, The design draws from several European Formula One circuits, including a recreation of Silverstone's Maggots Beckett's Chapel sequence, Hockenheim's Arena Benz, and a replica of Istanbul's Turn 8. Uh, other corners were loosely inspired by the Senna S's at Interlagos and the Österreich Ring's Sebring Auspuffkurve. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's got a bunch of F1's greatest hits kind of combined together into uh, uh, a, a cool track. But it's also got its own personality, so it starts with this... It's kind of one of, the, I think, the coolest starts in Formula The uphill the run. Yeah, yeah. It, like you immediately like launch up. It's something like twelve stories. It's really really tall, and then immediately dive into uh a, like a left hairpin that then leads you into uh some S turns. So it's a great combination that leads to a lot of fun starts, um and a lot of overtaking opportunities uh, later in the race. From there, it's followed into a um a hairpin and then a a long straight that culminates in a. Uh, greater than 90 degrees right-hander, and then you've got three more tight turns before heading into a long sequence that is really kind of like one big turn with four apexes. So it's got like all kinds of stuff um, and is, uh, yeah, just a lot of variety and has led to uh, a lot of great wheel-to-wheel battles. It's also nice and wide in a lot of places. Um, so, uh, cars can, can get right up next to each other and, and duke it out.
1: Yeah. Like the track is challenging, but it gives you space where if you misjudged a move or like you're just tangled up going in a corner, there's like at almost every place on this track, there's space to bail out on a move. Yeah. And you can try it. stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's not like you're um, going straight off into a, you know, tire barrier or something, which is great. Right.
0: Right uh speaking of trying stuff ricardo loves to do an american accent here so be on the lookout for that in interviews um formula one.com has an interview with him like a, a preview uh before the race and uh I, I don't i don't know if there's video of this but they have it in text form so he says uh i'm gonna take this opportunity to perfect my american accent for y'all parentheses laughs uh Let's see. Let's see if I can do Daniel Ricardo doing an American accent. F- firstly, I think it's one of the best circuits we go on the, the calendar for racing. You can pass in four different places. There's some tracks you struggle to pass once. So every, So to have four different opportunities with the shape of the corners and the apexes... Everything just creates real good atmosphere, which encourages you to battle. And it encourages you to fight. Fight in the spirit of America, the land of the free, and the home of the brave.
1: Did you add that last part? Nope. Okay. <laughs> that is Daniel Ricciardo. I was like, you're laying it on a little thick. But apparently, No. This, this goes on, by the way. There's like four
0: paragraphs to this. And then there's the city. Boy, don't get me started on the great city of Austin. I'm not going to drop names on y'all now and give away all the places we go because I love them all. But the food is something special. I love my ribs, my brisket, and boy, they got nachos coming out of their tachitos. What's a tachito? I have no idea. I feel like when I talk in this accent, I become this person. Oh boy, I'm going to stop this right now as I got a bit carried away. See y'all in Austin. Oh my
1: God. Danny Ricardo, I love you.
0: Yeah. An international treasure.
1: That's why I can't Uh, handle it when he's sad.
0: I know. I know. Uh, it's the home track for Haas, um, and is uh, it's going to have a lot of people there. I am assuming it holds 120,000 and has usually been pretty well attended in the past. Uh, last year, you may recall, Verstappen made a great last lap pass of Raikkonen, having started started from 16th place, uh, but he was handled a five-second penalty for cutting the corner, which ultimately gave third uh, to Raikkonen. Uh, it's also where Signs had his debut with Renault, where he excelled and, like, passed a whole bunch of people. Um, Fettel currently holds the race lap record at a minute 37.766. And, uh, yeah, what do we got? What do we got for tires? We are taking the uh, the soft, the ultra soft, and the uh, super soft. Um, looks like medium abrasion, downforce, and tire stress. A lot of lateral force, but uh, low grip. Um, 56 laps. Yeah. Okay. Uh, weather might be a factor, Rob, because we got still some uh, some storm action happening down there in the south of the country. Oh, there's a weird so- cold
1: front in Austin right now, at least, too.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, let's see, for race day, looks to be around, I'm sorry, for qualifying, we're looking at like high 60s Fahrenheit or uh, around 20 Celsius. Um, The big question will be, though, precipitation. So right now, it's looking like a high chance of precipitation for qualifying, though this drops uh, significantly for race day. Um, temperature is pretty similar, although we might get some high winds, which we have had in the past at the track, um, about 13, like 11 to 13 miles an hour or, uh, around 20 kilometers an hour. So yeah, look for potentially some fun qualifying rain times, but, uh, yeah, relatively, relatively cool, uh, temps for Race day with uh, less chance of rain. Uh, Let's take it to the driver standings. Lewis Hamilton on top with 331. Sebastian Vettel uh, in a distant second by this point with 264. Valtteri Bottas has 207. Kimi Raikkonen is close behind with 196. Verstappen's got 173. Ricardo with 146. Perez and Magnussen are tied for 7th place with 53. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a three-way tie for 7th. Perez, Magnussen, and Hulkenberg with 53 points. Fernando Alonso right behind with 50. By the way, Fernando Alonso is in 10th place in the drivers' championship in a McLaren. Just want to want to really put a pin in that one for everyone.
1: Unless the McLarens secretly okay and Stoffel's just bad. No, I don't, <laughs> think, that's I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true either.
0: Uh, Esteban Ocon in 11th with 49, followed by Sainz with 39, Grosjean with 31, uh, Gasly with 28, Leclerc with 21. Van Dorn's got eight. Stroll's got six, tied with Marcus Ericsson. Uh, Hartley's got two. And Sergei Sirotkin with one point. Uh, constructors. Mercedes has uh, 538. Ferrari with 460. Red Bull's got 319. Renault with 92. Haas. Gene Haas. And team. With five. Or, I'm sorry. Five. <laughs> in fifth place. <laughs> with 84 points. Uh, McLaren's got 58. Forcindio with 43 Scuderia Toro Rosso has 30. Sauber's got 27. And Williams has a commanding seven points. So going into this, if Hamilton wins, uh, Fettel must get second place. That's how this shakes out. God. Um, there is a grid here um, on Reddit, which I will link that shows... This is the uh, matrix of outcomes yeah the, exactly um but yeah that's that's the upshot uh although let's see if hamilton gets second place because who knows botas might win uh then federal would have to get fourth mm-hmm. or higher uh fantasy standings if you like to join us on the official shift f1 fantasy formula one league you can do so with the invite code 0b62fe we will put that in the show notes as well uh the current top 10 in the league are speedy mccready's followed by bobby gondo racing made in haas bludo's elite orange b king f1 Scuderia mateo go f1 yourself <coughs> uh funky bunch hashtag coffee did nothing wrong and in 10th place, David Coulthard's chin. I have plummeted, however, to 157th place.
1: Oh, man. Just totally pulling a battle here. Yeah. In the, oh. in the dying days of this championship. Oh, boy. boy.
0: Um, emails. You can email us at f1.cool slash emails. We've got a couple here. First one from Nicole. Subject, our first F1 race ever. Hello, Drew, Danny, and Robert. This season is the first F1 uh, season I've ever watched, and I absolutely love it. Awesome. Uh, So much, in fact, I was able to wrangle in my boyfriend and my friends into watching. That's also very, very cool. And uh, not easy to do, so commendable. Uh, And I'm happy to announce that all of us are going to our first F1 race in Austin. Man, you guys fell hard. Uh, Do you guys uh, have any tips of what to do um, first when you get to a race? Or are there any recommended spots to check out for the track in Austin? Uh, also, I just wanted to add that listening to your podcast has really brought our group up to speed on everything from drivers, terminology, strategies, et cetera, pretty much everything. So thank you very much and keep up the wonderful work. Best, Nicole. Uh, wow. <laughs> that that makes me feel very good to hear. That is exactly what we're going for. So thank you. Um, I would say, number one, prepare yourself for waiting and lines. Uh, generally the mood at these things is really positive. So, um, everyone is kind of just happy to be there and, you know, uh, joking around with each other and waiting in lines is not a big deal. Uh, but just know that things will take a long time. Uh, so sunscreen and good shoes, I think are, uh, good to be prepared for, uh, and water if they'll let you take it into the, the track, uh, and be prepared to spend, A lot of money, because everything, once you get into the track, everything is very expensive. Uh, It's like going to any theme park. And it will weirdly Um, seem
1: like a good idea while you're there. That's the other thing, is like, you will see a Ferrari shirt, and you'll be like, damn, I'll bet I'd look great in that Ferrari shirt. I want to own that Ferrari shirt. $180? Can you really Mm. put a price on wearing, showing my Tifosi pride? All and then the minute the minute like come Monday you got that shirt and it's like the telltale heart where you're like what what in the hell was I thinking <laughs> that thing's mostly a shell logo uh
0: I, you know I got a Williams hat uh, at the Austin Grand Prix for like fifty bucks um but I really like that hat and I think it I think I like it a lot because of where I bought it although my uh, my buddy Ethan um who was there got last year's Mexico Grand Prix. <laughs> for quite a markdown so there are deals to be had uh the also the the tower in austin you can um it's it costs money as well i think it's like 20 bucks or something but you can go up to the top and it's it's actually pretty cool i think you can stay up there as long as you want so um i recommend doing that uh but i think the biggest thing i would recommend is to get the f1 app the um the timing app not the tv app uh, if you're not already an F1 TV subscriber, I think it's like three bucks a month, um, but you can cancel it after the race. So what this does is basically, uh, it, so there are TVs around the track, um, so you can kind of see the, the broadcast feed and, and kind of tell what's happening. And there are loudspeakers, but you can't always understand what they're saying. So it, it can be hard to follow the race, actually, because you're only really seeing one section of the track. So uh, using the app will tell you what order everybody's in and it'll also give like text updates of like this person pitted or whatever. Um, and sometimes you'll get radio messages. So uh, the way that we did it was um, I listened to the uh, the app and was like, watch, like glancing down at it and listening for the radio. And then I would basically relay information to my friends. So if you have someone who would be interested in, in doing that. Maybe that's the way to go or maybe everyone can do it. Um, that just, and you don't need to like be glued to it, of course, because there's a race happening in front of you, but like being able to consult something like that to see like, okay, what actually happened uh, is, uh, is, is really, really useful.
1: Man, I wish that it existed when I was going to uh, the USGP in Indiana, Indiana. Uh, we went oh, wow. every we went every year, uh, right up until the first year we missed was the year they only ran six cars. I think because there's that uh, Bridgestone Michelin, oh, wow. okay, yeah, uh, whole kerfuffle, and the Michelins were like delaminating uh, in the in the turn onto the main straight. Um, but that was the first race we missed. But the frustrating thing was, it was like cool to go to an F one race, but back in those days, it was also the worst way to see an F one race in some ways mm-hmm. because they, like it sounded cool and like. We have some great memories from that, but it was so hard to follow what was happening right like you like you know you, you keep yeah. an eye on the um you know on the on the boards or the the, the scoreboards of the poll uh where they're sort of keeping track of everyone's position, but it was it was really tough. I imagine that's uh, gotten a lot a lot more comprehensible uh in in our connected age
0: yeah, I think the app really helps i mean the TVs certainly helped too um Yeah. I, I would also, I don't know if you're planning on going to qualifying, but I would recommend it. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just more the, like there's a certain, and I didn't really expect this, uh, going in, but like just seeing the cars on track in person is kind of, uh, it's kind of amazing. It just, there's something, there's something that you can't really get, uh, without being there. So, um just seeing then like i think we even went to practice once uh and it, 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 there you have even less information about what's going on and it is just cars driving around in a circle but it's still cool so i i wouldn't say you have to go to practice but like certainly go to qualifying uh, Are they a little at more least
1: lax? to i'm just curious like if you go to practice are they a little more lax about you maybe moving around to like better seats since nobody's going to be there
0: i would imagine yeah, yeah. uh also, it's just good to get a lay of the land because you don't want to have to like only get yeah. there on race day. You that have is to stressful. Figure things out, unless you only have—I mean—race day tickets. But if that's the case, then show up early yep. and just get a lay of the land. Make sure you know where all the food and bathrooms are and stuff like that. Uh, Earplugs—you can get the the cheapo ones um, from like a you know a pharmacy. I think pharmacies have People them. People are gonna
1: have your air horns.
0: That's true, um, and you can always you know if if. The sound doesn't bother you, you can always take the earplugs out. Um as far as where on the track to watch, I don't know where your tickets can get you. Um I think if you have a like a seat, you can go into the general admission areas. Um but there are tons of viewing spots to walk around. Turn one is really a sight to behold. Um so I would I would check that out. I think we were in turn fifteen, which is really cool, because you could kind of look down and and see a bunch of, you're like, you're seeing the end of the straight, and then a bunch of back and forth turns, so that was really cool, and as far as Austin goes, I don't have any specific places to recommend, but definitely get a lot of barbecue, and get um, uh, Kolashkis, which is a Czech dish, um, and I think there is, like, one place to go in Austin, um, but I forget the name of it, Uh, but it's basically these like breaded things, um, uh, with like sausages and cheese stuffed inside Lone Star Kalachis, Mrs. Johnson Bakery. I don't know. Someone brought us these, uh, a, a, a Shift F1 fan, um, brought us these things, uh, to our, to our meetup that we had. Uh, and they were absolutely amazing so i would recommend them uh, to spell that it is k-o-l-a-c-h-e-s so check that out uh we are not going this year um but uh i hope everyone who is uh, has fun uh next kyle from canada says <laughs> subject nascar now has an official moonshine we did it pat <laughs> <laughs> yourself on the back everyone Uh, Kyle says, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, I guess I could have, but I didn't even have to. It just writes itself. Uh, Sugarland's Shine is now the official moonshine of NASCAR. I actually think that that is probably a pretty tough get to be the official moonshine of NASCAR, considering uh, the the history. So congratulations to Sugarland's... Well done. ...distilling company, LLC.
1: Just... Too bad you couldn't sync up your your arrival with with Brian Francis tenure. Uh, really could have. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh.
0: great, great. Uh, I like I like moonshine. Uh, I don't know that I've a, ever had anything called moonshine, but I like uh, unaged corn whiskey. Yeah, also called White Dog. I think. So is that is that is that much like Everclear? Uh, that's the that's the cheap stuff yeah Yeah. okay but there are there are brands that sell like good flavor that actually has i've flavor. never
1: encountered good moonshine like in my life so <laughs> but you know i'm 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 from the north so i wouldn't have uh
0: you can also hit us up on twitter follow at shift f1 podcast for any show updates and any fun f1 stuff we run across i am at drew scanlon rob
1: at Rob Zachney.
0: Uh, Shout outs this week go to uh, Bridget on Twitter, who says, uh, listening to you guys talk about Japanese fans reminded me about these incredibly fun and friendly fans uh, that Kyle and I met at the 2015 Japanese Grand Prix. And she sends along a picture of uh, some Japanese fans dressed in samurai outfits that are uh, Scuderia Ferrari themed. It is amazing. I will definitely link that in the show notes. Uh, and then uh, mastaman 8 on the Cloth Map Discord uh, linked me to a um, a Sky uh, segment where they basically talk about the behind the scenes of the commentary box um, with uh, with David Croft, and it was illuminating, especially as like a production nerd uh, that I am. And I actually I found the headset that they use uh to commentate the races on uh on B and H where I you know I get a lot of my production gear and it costs twenty three hundred dollars.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, that looks slick and then saw the price. Okay. Yeah. But damn But I
0: think it was like developed yeah. So, from the overview here, the headset was developed in cooperation with the sound engineers of a TV station who sought the highest possible quality of sound, even under the extreme conditions of Formula One motor races. So, I, I think maybe it was Sky uh, that had a hand in developing this thing. But yours for only twenty three seventy nine. Man,
1: I don't even know if I can keep podcasting about F one without one of these babies. <laughs> uh, I imagine
0: like esports has similar needs, right? Because they're like often sitting in the middle of crowds talking about stuff.
1: Yeah, there's there's that element and then there's a lot of times there's some value in having some noise cancellation or noise blocking uh in there as well, particularly so cuz you don't want to be able to hear the casters.
0: Oh, oh sure. Yeah, the the yeah. Uh the players for sure. Uh, But yeah, thanks uh, to everybody who wrote in and said hey around the internet, but now it is time to see what other racing is happening this weekend around the world. We've got supercars racing in Surfers Paradise, Mm. which is the name of a place in Queensland, Australia, for the Vodafone Gold Coast 600. Uh, We've got MotoGP racing at the Motul Grand Prix of Japan at... Twin Ring Motegi, uh, in Ome uh, Motegi Haga District, Tochigi Prefecture, Japan. For those keeping track at home, uh, Super GT is at Autopolis uh, in that in sounds Japan. That's like the best place, doesn't it? It sounds like uh, it sounds like there are people dressed in car costumes waiting to give you T-shirts and stuff. Uh, but that's not all, Rob, because NASCAR is back this weekend, as it is most every weekend. Uh, we're racing at the Kansas Speedway for the, uh, the Hollywood Casino 400. I know it's confusing because we're in Kansas and we're, it's the Hollywood, you don't ask too many
1: questions, it's just. I just want the, uh. There'll be cars the gander that's that's what I want. I just want more gander events
0: <laughs> oh don't don't worry the the gander trucks are acomin oh, by the way we missed uh we missed Talladega last weekend uh it was the one thousand bulbs dot com five hundred
1: Hold on, just have to investigate something real quick
0: <laughs> How many bulbs they have over it? 1,000 bulbs.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Boy, they do seem to have a head start on your illumination needs. Okay. As advertised. Uh, Formula One this
0: weekend kicks off Friday. First practice, October 19th at a uh, bright and early. Six. I'm sorry. 8 a.m. Pacific time. Followed by second practice at noon on Friday. Uh, On Saturday, third practice starts at 11 a.m., followed by qualifying at 2 p.m. And the race, Rob, a very easy to watch, 11.10 a.m. on Sunday Pacific
1: Time. Oh, what luxury.
0: I know. Uh, As always, you can find our show notes on f1.cool. I am Drew Scanlon. Until next time, if you want to support us, uh, I am patreon.com slash cloth map danny is patreon.com slash no clip you can find rob at his day job at waypoint.vice.com anything else rob Acne. just
1: excited to watch some good old texas f1 racing
0: (laughs) me too Uh, have a good race weekend everyone we will see you all next time